Hello everyone, this is Mikhail Casanova. Here in Waikiki, we're filming right now the opening for this review for Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I hope you guys enjoy it because it's going to be probably the most distinct take on this game from not only someone who's a journalist and a content creator, but someone who is Hawaiian and from Hawaii. So, let's talk about it. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's dive into his review of Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Yakuza Like a Dragon dazzled with its turn-based mechanics, but some RPG elements felt unfinished. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth arrives as a mammoth sequel, tying up those loose ends and enhancing Yakuza's best features into a more gratifying gameplay loop. The game artfully mixes delightful absurdity with less impressive elements. Yet the true joy lies in following Ichiban and his companions through the sun-drenched Hawaiian escapades, offering an enchanting RPG experience. The story resumes with Ichiban's crew transitioning from their crime-ridden past to normal life, only to be unexpectedly drawn back into the Yakuza realm. Shifting away from the cliched jailbreak narrative, it delves into the Yakuza's diminishing influence in Japan, centered around a family mystery involving Ichiban's mother, leading them to Honolulu, Hawaii. In Hawaii, Ichiban's journey introduces new characters, each with a backstory connected to his past and potentially his future. Kiryu's return, along with now battling cancer, adds depth and emotional gravity, serving as more than a mere character addition. His storyline is a poignant farewell, combining elements of mentorship and vulnerability. The Hawaiian setting beautifully completes Ichiban's character. Its vibrant districts, from lively malls to tranquil beaches, contrast with Kiryu's reflective journey in Yokohama, offering a new perspective on familiar locations and showcasing the development of the supporting cast. Infinite Wealth improves upon its predecessor's turn-based formula, enhancing character development and reward systems. Ichiban's traits now have a significant impact on job opportunities and skill inheritance, creating a more engaging progression system. The sequel introduces varied methods for leveling up, although their effectiveness varies. And on the topic of the combat system, it's been notably refined, adding strategic movement and coordination to battles. This brings variety to combat scenarios where tactical positioning and team synergy become crucial. Enhanced spells and attacks encourage experimentation with different job skills. Circling back around to the strategic turn-based combat system, and in compared to its predecessor, it has been completely refined and comes with a more balanced approach. Characters start off with a designated class, which provides them with their initial abilities. However, they are given the flexibility to branch out and acquire new skills and roles by changing their job classes at Aloha Happy Tours. This system introduces innovative classes such as Aquanauts and Pyrodancer, while also welcoming back beloved classes like Chef and Pop Idol. Kiryu enhances the battle dynamics by offering a choice between Beast, Brawler, and Rush styles, with the added compatibility of switching between them during his turn. The game further deepens team strategy through the introduction of tag team abilities and a variety of skills targeted at individual enemies, specific areas, or all adversaries on the field, which adds a rich layer of strategy to the encounters. 
Character relationships play a pivotal role in combat efficiency. Engaging in social activities like sharing drinks or giving gifts bolsters bonds, which then further unlocks potential support skills that range from combo attacks to follow-up strikes. The deeper these bonds grow, the more significant the benefits become, sometimes serving as crucial game changers during battles. The introduction of essence skills offers characters devastating super moves that can turn the tide of battle with massive damage and debilitating status effects. A perfect guard mechanic, when executed with precise timing, significantly reduces incoming damage, addressing previous concerns over defense and combat flow. Although the game has made strides in pacing and responsiveness, persistent issues with environmental collisions during combat sequences remain occasionally, hindering character movements and attacks. Poundmates return with noticeable enhancements, adding a strategic and humorous element to the combat system. These summons now come with varied benefits, from providing extended offensive or healing support to delivering instant powerful impacts without consuming a turn. The improved Poundmates system encourages strategic thinking, offering players new ways to navigate challenging encounters. The game's difficulty curve has been meticulously adjusted, removing the harsh spikes that previously frustrated players, resulting in a smoother and more equitable progression. Infinite Wealth expands its universe with a wealth of side missions and activities. From the intriguing Sujimon collection, complete with its own narrative arc involving the Elite Four, which if you're into Pokemon, that's exactly what this is. You know, Sujimon, Pokemon, the Elite Four, you get it. And what's even more interesting is its fresh take on Crazy Taxi's gameplay. There's an abundance of content that's both accessible and enjoyable. Okay, I gotta talk about the callback to Crazy Taxi. As a guy you meet who works for Crazy Eats, which is a play on Uber Eats and Crazy Taxi, looks like Axel from Crazy Taxi, complete with the hair and attire, with the only thing missing is the Crazy Taxi announcer who goes, hey, 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 it's Crazy Taxi, and the iconic soundtrack from Offspring and Bad Religion. As a Sega fan, I greatly appreciate the absolute love for Sega's history showcased in this game. I have to applaud RGG for being bold enough to do what no other game has ever done that's set in Hawaii. Are there other narrative games set in Hawaii? I don't, I don't think there are, but I could be wrong. And that's discussing the reality versus the fantasy of what Hawaii is, with it not being a paradise and weaving into the narrative the truths of the social and political issues here, such as Hawaii having the largest homeless population in the U.S. and touching upon the well-known, at least to Hawaii locals, that the mainland flies their homeless here to Hawaii. Which, if you talk to the majority of homeless people here, they will tell you that they were flown here. The social commentary continues with it touching on the crime and the racism here that is very much prevalent in this paradise, especially towards Japanese tourists. And then also touches on the violent gangs that we have out here, like the SOS or Sons of Samoa, which they're not really using that name in the game, but, but it's very much who they're referencing, along with other gangs that are out here. And it also touches on the underground crime rings that are run by various groups out here like the Chinese Triad and the Yakuza. This game is unafraid of speaking on the tough issues and it does so without getting preachy in, in your face. 
it relates to those real life issues we locals face in natural conversations between the main cast and NPCs. So hats off to RGG for doing their homework on all this as the game clearly incorporates Hawaiian culture into its side stories, offering a mix of heartwarming and humorous moments. Now let's talk about how Hawaii is represented in the game. So exploring Honolulu is incredible as for the most part, some of it is fairly accurate to what it looks like here. Although you need to know that it's not a one-to-one -one of what Waikiki and the greater whole of Oahu or Hawaii in general looks like and none of the real street names are used. Waikiki Beach and its landmark statue of Hawaii's own Duke Kahanamoku are present. However, it's not the exact same statue per se, and I'll show you what I mean right here. This also applies to the beach walk and even the areas outside of Waikiki, such as Magic Island, Ala Moana Beach, and more from my backyard. They're all here, yet they're not exactly faithfully realized. And I assume that that's a licensing thing. They don't want to have to pay licensing for all of it. But I mean, Ubisoft did for the Crew Motor Fest, so I don't know. Even Alamoana Mall is here, albeit renamed to Anaconda Mall, and is a mixture of the real mall with enough changes to be an entirely different entity to avoid them needing the legal rights to license the likeness of the mall. Sega and RGG Studios also collaborated with several Hawaii-owned businesses and brands such as Matsumoto Shaved Ice, Aloha Table, Aloha Beer, 88 Tees, Hilo Hattie, ABC Stores, and more. I personally visited every Hawaii-owned business that is showcased in the game to show you what it's like in real life, of which I will show you here. Okay, so it's super windy right now, and I gotta use the lavalier just because otherwise you're not gonna be able to hear me, period. But you guys have probably gone into 88Ts in the game, and it's right here. Although this is not the location that you see in the game, and that's probably because the location that you see in the game is the old location that, you know, due to the pandemic got shut down. But this is one of the locations here. So, yeah, this is on the main street, which is Kohio. There's two streets in Waikiki. There's Kohio and, and uh, Kalakaua, although for whatever reason, they're not named that. I'm not sure if it's a licensing thing, but yeah, uh, 88Ts, if you're on the main street of Kohio, you'll walk down and you'll see it right here. This is the inside of 88Ts. This is a site you'll see within the game. So if you're playing like a dragon, you'll be able to go in 88Ts and you'll be able to see it. Like I said, it's not in the location that's in the game, but there are two locations that are within Waikiki as a whole. So you'll be able to see a lot of things. You can walk around in the store, get some gift sets, you know. So you should buy some gifts to some of his friends. But there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. So if you're in Waikiki, definitely come check out 88Ts. So we're here at Masamoto Shaved Ice, and uh, it's here for the Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth collaboration between RGG Studio and Masamoto Shaved Ice. So we're going to go in, we're going to check it out, and uh, see how it is. Let's go.
We're going to be turning up here. Uh, this is my daughter, DJ. Casanova, so we're going to see how she likes it. Yeah, it's right now. I'm also going to take it out of me. Absolutely delicious. If you guys are out here in Hawaii, you want to try this out, you also want to support Life of Dragon Empty as well, then make sure you come over to Russell and Shave Eyes and try this. It's absolutely fantastic. What's up everybody, guess where I'm at? I'm in front of Aloha Beer and we are going to be trying out the Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth Special as part of their collaboration with it. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go inside and check out how it is. So we're going in, and it's right here. We've got the collaboration. We got Ichiban Kasuga, and we got uh, Kiryu Kazuma, Dragon of Dojo. And we've already had this, but we're going to have it again. So let's go ahead and check it out. This is yours. This right here is the Dragon set, the Aloha Dragon set. And you get this right here, the spicy Ahi. You get the pint of the Aloha Blonde. Get this right here, it's a collector's edition, and this is everything right here. So, we're gonna dig into it, and I'm absolutely certain this is gonna be amazing. We're gonna take a bite. Here at Aloha Table. As you can see, they've got a collaboration too. With Like a Dragon Infinite, we're gonna try out this right here, their uh, meal. But we're gonna try it. We're gonna see what they got. Okay, let's try it out. All right, so we're here at Maha Table Waikiki, and we're gonna be trying out their Like a Dragon collaboration food. We've got the garlic, moko moko right here, and we've got the aloha sandwich. So we're gonna try this out, and I'm um, gonna let you guys know how this tastes. Oh, it's delicious. Definitely try it if you, uh, you guys are out here. And then we're gonna try this right here, and it's gonna be absolutely delicious. Now let's talk about the audio and more specifically the voice acting. As the voice acting brings the narrative to life with stellar performances by Kaiji Tang, Danny Trejo, and Daniel Day Kim, among others, significantly enhancing the game's immersive quality. And as controversial as it was having the original voice act of Kiryu, Daryl be replaced by Young Ya, Young's take on Kiryu was not entirely bad. I mean, it's inconsistent in tone and delivery, yes, but it's not, oh my God, he ruined Kiryu. I can't play this in English. I'm only gonna play it in Japanese. No, chill, it's not that bad. 
it's not great, but it's not bad. It's very inconsistent, but it's not bad. Players have the freedom to switch between Japanese and English audio, catering to your personal preference of how you want to experience the Like a Dragon franchise. Now let's talk about the OST. The soundtrack, rich with dynamic beats, elevates the excitement of battles and effectively underscores the game's more poignant moments. Graphically, Infinite Wealth presents a bit of a dichotomy. With cutscenes showcasing higher quality visuals compared to the less polished open world environments, despite some reused assets and occasional collision issues, the game excels in character expressiveness and the vivid depiction of settings like Ijincho, Kamarochu, and Honolulu. The detailed attention paid to recreating Hawaii in particular offers a sense of genuine immersion. Okay, so we got to talk about some controversies at this point, and there are a few that I'm going to bring up. So let me get on my soapbox and my high horse and just let's talk about it because we can't avoid it, right? There's one that everyone's talking about being the new game plus. And then there's one that the people of Hawaii, us Hawaiians are talking about that um, y'all need to hear, especially the people at Sega and RGG Studios. If you do have another Yakuza game set here in Hawaii, and if you, well, let's just go ahead and talk about it. The new game plus being locked behind a DLC paywall with extra story locked behind it too is not surprising given the landscape of modern gaming, nor is it anything new for Sega to do with their games. I mean, see Soul Hackers 2, for example. So I wasn't mad or surprised. Honestly, I'm just disappointed that this is a state that not only Sega, but also gaming as a whole has come to. It's kind of like nickel and diving you for every little thing instead of giving you the full course meal and then adding on a buffet of things you can get a la carte later on. I mean, you can do a la carte stuff, but New Game Plus should never be locked behind a DLC paywall. Overall, the attention to detail, along with the respect shown to our local slang out here in Hawaii, known as Pigeon, and more of our culture, is simply outstanding, or at least it would be if we locals were incorporated into the game beyond being NPCs, or plot points here and there. I would be remiss if I did not mention the biggest problem I have with this game, and this is more specifically my problem with Sega and RGG, which is the fact that for all the promotion done for this game and for all the celebrities and influencers that they brought in to promote this game, such as Drusky, T-Pain, XQC, and more, not one Hawaii or Hawaiian creator was involved in the promotion of this game. This to me is absolutely ridiculous, as it makes no sense to me how Sega didn't think it was important to use this game and their platform to give some representation for Hawaii outside of Japanese businesses that are here, which they promoted. Now, I get it. This is because when a lot of Japanese tourists come to Hawaii, the locations that you're seeing in the game that they collaborate are places that the Japanese tourists will go to. Not exactly places that us Hawaii locals or Hawaiians will go to, but Hey, I mean, it makes sense who the demographic of this game is aimed toward. And look, I understand that Sega and RGG want all eyes on this highly anticipated game, but why is it that a game set in Hawaii has no Hawaii or Hawaiian creators, influencers, or celebrities involved, let alone our Hawaiian leaders such as our Kumus and more, which makes me ask the question, is our home nothing more than a backdrop for Sega? and? other gaming companies to use but not incorporate our people 
How do you have someone like XQC stream the game to promote it when he has no idea the game is turn-based? And how do you bring in Drusky to be the face of the promotion of the game when you could have given an opportunity to a local or Hawaiian people? Okay, to give you a little bit of perspective on where I'm coming from with this is that if you're from Hawaii or you're Hawaiian or you grew up here, you understand the culture of Hawaii. You would understand that when it comes to anything out here, if it involves Hawaii and the people here know about it, we show up and support. I'm not saying like we're like a monolith or something, but you know, you could have gotten people like someone like Romeo Valentine, who is a local celebrity out here. You could have incorporated him or 93.9, the radio station that people tune into specifically to hear what he has to say. Or you could have incorporated another local celebrity being Keola, who has a radio show called Keola in the Morning that people tune into every single day. You could have incorporated people from here, you know, actual locals and, and, and not just only Japanese owned businesses that would have had people come in droves, people who don't even play the video games that would have bought it just to support something that is set in hawaii that has hawaii as a whole because we have pride in that but it wasn't done there was more importance put on people like xqc Jusky, and, and t-pain and whoever else it, it's baffling to me i i don't understand the logic behind it maybe it's not for me to understand but i i just i honestly feel like that was a missed opportunity on Sega and RGG's part. Now look, I put 50 hours into like a Dragon Infinite Wealth story, and that revealed a compelling, humorous, and strategically deep and engaging narrative that's filled with unexpected twists, along with the addition of a new setting being here in Hawaii. It enhances the overall experience as a whole. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth successfully builds on Yakuza Like a Dragon, evolving into a sequel that is both extensive and emotionally rich. While it keeps some of the series' quirks and doesn't fully embrace a customizable RPG format, the narrative and adventures it presents are deeply engaging, humorous, and heartfelt. I just personally wish that there was some Hawaii representation incorporated in the marketing and promotion of the game instead of influencers and celebrities that honestly couldn't care less about our home. So what do you think of Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth? Is it a game you're considering picking up? Do you like the story, the narrative of where it takes Ichiban Kasuga and Kiru Kazuma? Or are you expecting something different? Whatever your thoughts are, let me know in the comment section down below. If you want to pick up the game, I'll leave a link down in the description. And uh, with that being said, I guess, you know, that's it. That's the video. I'll see you guys in the next one. Stay safe. Be blessed. Have aloha. Ahui ho. And I'll see you around. Peace.